Woo! Today we're talking the blood ritual sex magic of the origin of Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, don't worry, it's, it's going to be rated like Deuteronomy or Leviticus or maybe like HBO adult time evening, you know, like Game of Dragons, Game of Thrones. Is that it? Game of Thrones maybe? Yeah. So if you can hang with that, you can hang with that. Otherwise, you can ride on up ahead. <laughs> Hey, good morning, lovely people of the planet. I'm Jeffo. This is the Morning Ride pedal-powered podcast. And uh, I'm just a dude on a bicycle riding into work this morning. And uh, I appreciate you being here to listen to me and let me uh, talk through how I'm working to evolve as a filmmaker, as a poet, and as a human being. I really appreciate you being on the ride with me today. Hell yeah. Happy Valentine's. What a strange, strange holiday it is. I've been hearing so much recently about how Valentine's Day is a greeting card holiday. Well, it may be that. <laughs> but man, they've got some inspiration. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start with this idea. Like, so with Valentine's Day, we talk about hearts. Hearts, 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 hearts everywhere. Red everywhere. Yep. I think... I know where that comes from. <laughs> How you guys doing out there this morning? You uh, finding it easy to stay on your ride this time of year? Man, I tell you, I'm on day nine of this fast. I'm really grateful that I was able to do this again this year, this time of year. Actually, it's a hard time of year to do it because like when you're not eating, it's, it's cold, man. So I've been bundling up. Not today, though. It's 42 degrees and rainy here in the Boise River Valley. A lot of fresh snow on the hills, though. I love that. love seeing that. But it's weird. It doesn't feel like Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day always seems to be like... Isn't this like a springtime event? Well, yeah, it kind of is. So, here's what I have discovered. Now, I don't think I am... Um, supplanting or uh, having, I don't think that I'm, I don't think I'm stealing anyone's intellectual property here. I did get a lot of these stories from Wikipedia, of course, which is kind of crowdsourced information, um, but I also kind of found some things linked to it from uh, the History Channel. So I'm going to give uh, a shout out to Wikipedia and to the History Channel for helping me put these stories together. And so I'm just kind of summarizing them. I'll leave links in the, uh, to these things in the, uh, the description on my website at jefferyoliver.com. Depending on where you're listening to these, you may or may not be able to access those links immediately. But you can get it on uh, iTunes, Google Music Store, and Stitcher. Obviously, you know that. Why am I telling you that? You're here with me. <laughs> Hey, thanks for being here on this rainy morning. I really appreciate it. All right, all right. Let's get in to the blood ritual sex magic of uh, the origin of Valentine's Day. I know, it's kind of a clickbaity title, isn't it? That's intentional. Because, yeah, I am definitely interested in people hearing this podcast because I think it's kind of fun. It's fun for me to do it. Even if people aren't listening, it's fun for me to do it. 
I think just recording my thoughts it's kind, of, it's kind of another way of journaling now I like the written journal thing I think I've talked about that a lot writing in the journal do my little gratefulness gratefulness meditation every evening just write down three things that I was really grateful for that day like three things that inspired me or impacted my life like this book I'm reading the writer's journey I've been super grateful I found that book Man, I hope the microphone doesn't get too uh, watered down here. It's not raining hard, but it's raining a little. All right, so as far as anyone can tell, this is the most interesting thing about the Valentine's Day story is that we know that uh, the idea... Hey, good morning, brother. We know the idea came from a St. Valentine, but what I didn't know is that there were three St. Valentines in the canon of saints. I think that's how the Catholic Church talks about it, the canon of saints. I don't remember exactly. I grew up Christian, not, uh, or Methodist, not Catholic, so I'm not super familiar. Anyway, among the saints, there are three Valentines, and so that makes the legend of where Valentine's Day come from, comes from even that more, that much more, because the saints kind of get conflated into one guy, and, uh, and actually, I could only find anything on two of them that kind of directly related to Valentine's Day. And no, I am, did not deep research this one. Just kind of like, ah, where does it come from? And you start reading, and then you start reading a little more, and then reading a little more, and you end up on the History Channel website. That's kind of a cool website. Ugh. So, we had one St. Valentine... And the story was that in the 3rd century Rome, that Pope, oh, not Pope, good grief, that uh, Emperor, oh my gosh, the second. See, I knew I would forget these things, and since it's raining, I couldn't tape notes to my handlebars. The Emperor, Claudius II, Claudius II, he discovered that young men in battle who were married did not fight as aggressively as young men who were not married. And so what Emperor Claudius II did was he made it illegal for young men to get married. Evidently there was like a period of years as a young man that you gave your life to the empire rather than to a loved one. <laughs> Which is fascinating because if you kill off all the young people then, you know, you're not getting, you know, new genetic material to, uh, you know, to make babies. So you're not spreading your empire. Anyway, it was a fascinating deal, but he did find that uh, soldiers who were not married did tend to fight more aggressively. So he made this rule that, you know, if you're between these ages, you can't get married as a guy. Well, one of the Valentines, one of the Saint Valentines, what he did is he would perform secret marriage ceremonies. Now, Valentine was a Christian under Roman law, which at the time you could be a Christian under Roman law, I believe. This is true. The Romans wanted you to have your own ideas and beliefs, but they had to align with the overall, you know, you're a subject of Rome. So, you know, pay into Caesar. What is Caesar's? How many times has that come up? Well, I mean, obviously that first time when that dude, Jesus, said it. So that's the first instance. So 
So, well, I guess I didn't finish that story, did I? Well, obviously, Claudius got found out. Claudius II, sorry. He got found out, and uh, they executed him. It's like, no, we said Roman law, you don't marry, so you're marrying these people. So they executed him. So he was martyred. There's another St. Valentine, about the same time period, which is the fascinating thing. And um, he was helping Christians escape Roman prisons. Evidently, the Romans were, you know, like if you were too much of a radical Christian, the Romans were, uh, they, weren't, they weren't down with that. And uh, so they would put you in jail. So this other St. Valentine, he was helping Christians escape. So they were like, well, okay, brother, then we'll put you in jail. The Romans did this. So they put Valentine in jail. Well, I don't know how this works. I don't know if it was like a bring your kid to work day or what. But evidently, the jailer of the prison that Valentine was in had a daughter that would help him out. <laughs> this just seems so wacky to me. Oh, we're not even to the good stuff yet, you guys. So, evidently, St. Valentine had a thing for the jailer's daughter. Now, the jailer was probably a Roman, right? I don't know, man. What a weird time in the history of people. So eventually, he was executed and martyred for having helped Christians escape the prisons as well. Hey, good morning. So those are the two Valentines that I could find anything on, St. Valentines, both martyred, both for, you know, supplanting or, or for going against Roman law. All right, let me think. So what happened next? So then in the fifth century, sorry, if you could hear me, I was in a tunnel. <laughs> in the fifth century, what we had was Pope Galatius decided to make the Roman holiday Lupacilia, I believe is how you would say that, Lupacilia. He decided to make that holiday illegal since it was anti-Christian. And I don't know that it was so much that it was, was un-Christian, not anti-Christian, it was un-Christian. So he made Lupacalia holiday illegal. Well, Lupicalia was a Roman, and we call it a pagan festival, but of course they didn't see themselves as pagans because that was where they did things. But it was a fertility, whew, it was a fertility festival to the Roman god Venus, who was a god of agriculture, and it was also to celebrate Remus and Romulus, who of course were the twins who, similar to another story, when they were young, their lives were threatened because they were heir to something or another, and someone put them in a basket and sent them down river. Well, the basket ended up at the bottom of this hill where there was a cave that a wolf lived in. And of course, in Latin and Italian, everyone knows that lupa is wolf. Yeah, you remember that, right? <laughs> From your Italian class? No, I never had Italian either. Um, I just know it because one time, hey, good morning. We were up at uh, Denali. We were driving down the highway with our 
friend Cedric, he's a Frenchman, where there was this wolf just cruising down the, the highway and he was like, Lou, Lou, Lou. And so evidently in French, they uh, abbreviate that wolf to Lou. So that's, that's kind of how I put that together. Anyway, I'm a clever, clever monkey sometimes, right? <laughs> I filmed my thumb yesterday. I'm on a vent fire tomorrow. So what the uh, Lupicalia festival was evidently about, it's a fertility festival. So, okay, this is the bloody part, you guys. You're squeamish about such things. Scroll ahead to some point later on in the timeline. I don't know where this is going to be because, of course, I'm, I'm blabbing right now rather than editing and cringing how <laughs> I'm delivering this story. Because I'm trying to remember all the details. So, uh, the Lupinalia festival was a fertility festival. And so, they would begin by sacrificing a goat. And that was... Um, the goat sacrifice was to Remus and Romulus and Fenus to say, hey, we're trying to be your loyal subjects here and, um, you know, will you make our fields fertile? Will you make our women fertile? And then, whew, then they would sacrifice a dog for the purification of the people. So I guess for the purification of their sins, I couldn't find much about that. Didn't want to get too deep because I knew I couldn't remember all the details. But, so they'd sacrifice a goat to, uh, to uh, ask for fertility for their fields, their women, so their people can survive. And uh, I don't mean that in a diminutive sense of women. Women make babies, man. That's important. Especially back in the olden days when so many of the babies died. So, fertility was a big deal. Plus, you know, they were raising an army against the Christians. That's how that works. So sad. But then evidently they would also sacrifice a dog for purification of their sins or purifications of when they had maligned the gods or not acted in the way that the gods wanted them to. So I was pretty fascinated by hearing this story. Now, hey, good morning on your left here. So this is where it gets interesting. So then they would mix the goat blood and the dog blood and they would dip strips of goat hide in it and get those soaked and bloody. And then, <laughs> so then what they would do with the goat hides is they would take, uh, young naked men would take these blood soaked hides and um, they would, uh, oh gosh, how do you say it? Well they would tag women and fields with it. In other words, they were like anointing the women and anointing the fields. So, this is, this is ritual beyond anything I've ever experienced in terms of bringing the gods into my physical space. I really am fascinated by how in the old traditions that, that there was a direct physical connection that like the idea that by wiping the blood of a goat and a dog onto a young woman would mean that she would be fertile and that their family would be healthy, that they would have kids, that, that, that the family line would continue, that the people would continue, that 
the people would keep going. Whoa, it's starting to rain hard now. Now, this is so culturally outside the scope of what I can comprehend that I'm having a hard time with it culturally because like the idea of running naked through a town with goat blood and smearing it on all the young women, that ain't something I think I'd ever think of doing. But evidently, in the time, I read this in every source, evidently it was like this great honor to have the blood splattered on you. So they would have the blood splattered on them. Now then all the couples would get together for some sexy time <laughs> in order to make babies, you know, for, for the people. Now another tradition that I also read about, this is the sex magic part, is that that women who didn't have boyfriends or basically the um, uh, man got a truck here I don't want to deal with that I'll go on around this way so evidently the women would put their names in an urn and bachelors would come through and pick a name and then the, uh, the deal was that they were a couple for a year and if they had babies, great, and if they didn't, great, move on and uh, show up next year at Lupercalia, you know. So, uh, what happened evidently was, as you know, you get hanging out with folks, uh, you know, over time, and you get used to them, and you kind of start liking them, and so evidently this resulted in a lot of marriages, which I thought was very cool. Now, then what happened, so... We've got the two legends of the two St. Valentines, one who freed Christians and was martyred because he freed them out of love and self-sacrifice, right? So self-sacrifice, kind of a big deal in love. <laughs> um, and okay, and I'm not talking about you can't be yourself, you have to be yourself, but you gotta share stuff. So that's what I think sacrifice means here is that you gotta share ideas, you gotta share Opportunities. You've got to share, you know, you've got to share. <laughs> and then we had the St. Valentine that was imprisoned for marrying young couples, even though he knew it was illegal and could be captured and uh, put in jail or even killed, and he was. So again, you know, he was a hero. Both of them heroes, both of them martyrs. And then we've got the... Lupicalia festival and then we've got in the 5th century we've got Pope Galatius who said no more of this Lupicalia and this was in England and France not so much in Rome at the time England and France no more of this under the Christian world and he said we are going to make so Lupicalia was on February 15th. So he made February 14th St. Valentine's Day. Now, a lot of research points to the second St. Valentine, who was the first to write from your Valentine when he was writing the note to the jailer's daughter. A lot of people believe that he was um, either entombed or died on a February the 14th in 270 AD. So... That's part of the commemoration of his death, was February 14th. And also because 
the Christians wanted to get the idea of Lupercalia out of the people in, out, of, out of the people's minds who weren't who were Christian. You know, Christianity was still emerging at the time, so they were trying to say this is the way we do it. I know this is terribly staggered today. Sorry, folks. So then, in the Middle Ages is when it became kind of a romantic holiday. It was because evidently, February 14th is the day that the birds return to their nests and start um, having sexy time, sexy time amongst themselves. So, you know, little birdies, you gotta do it. Bees gotta do it, right? (laughs) You know the song. Bees do it, birds do it, bees do it. Even educated fleas do it. So anyway, evidently February 14th in medieval, I mean, sorry, Middle Ages, England and France, was when the birds started doing it. I don't know about the bees. I didn't see anything about the bees. I do know that Paul Stamets is doing a lot of work on how the symbiosis between mushrooms and bees, which is kind of fascinating, but that's way off topic. I don't need to start blabbing about that. So that's when it became a romantic holiday in the uh, Middle Ages. Evidently also in the Middle Ages, uh, St. Valentine was the most popular of all the saints in England and France. So I thought that was kind of cool too. And, uh, you know, and then it's evolved over time into this holiday where we give loved ones gifts. We wish them well. And especially romantically, I guess. And, uh, and that's what I know. That's, that's, I think I remembered all of it. So uh, um, I hope I have not led us astray today. Hey, folks, thank you so much for riding with me on Valentine's Day. I love being on a bicycle. I love the idea of bicycling. So uh, that's part of my Valentine's. Well, and yeah, and of course, Jennifer, man, I love that little lady. Oh, I'm so sorry I said little lady. That is, that's our personal little thing. So I got to keep that to myself. I'm sorry. I got to keep that stuff to myself. Anyway, I hope that you have a lovely Valentine's Day. I hope that you enjoyed this uh, story of the origin. I was fascinated by the many ways that uh, this comes up. I'm also curious, um, because Valentine's Day was such a bloody event that, uh, you know, with the Lupercalia Festival, maybe that's why I'm saying, like, you know, how they use the word bloody in England. I wonder if that has anything to do with why it's such a bad word. Like, it's even worse than the F word. No, I'm not talking about friend zone. (laughs) I'm talking about the uh, fornicating under consent of the king so anyway I don't I don't know whether that's true or not I'm just uh, I'm just curious that maybe that's where the the bloodiness of the oh the the bloody bicycle you know go work on your bloody bicycle or whatever evidently it's just a uh, really bad evidently a really bad word in England it's like the one word that you can't say on television um so, anyway, what do I know? I'm babbling again. I'm so sorry. It's raining. I'm soaking wet. I'm so glad to be at an office where I've got a little heater. I've got a little space heater. I'm going to put my soaking wet shoes right up next to it. Get all cozy. Drink my last day of lemonade. I'm so excited about this being the last day of the, the lemonade part of the fast. Tomorrow's orange juice. Maybe a little fruit tomorrow night. Then Saturday, orange juice and fruit. Maybe get to do our fortified miso. Man, I'm so excited to have have some, like, real food again. Um, 
that's where I am, folks. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for letting me ride with you. Thanks for riding with me. Um, thanks for listening to this, this bloody story, man. Um, what a fascinating story, I think. Hey, if you love riding a bicycle, get out on a bicycle. And, of course, you know, your bicycle might be researching old stories and um, the ways that we used to physically connect in ritual with the divine and what we thought was the divine and the stories of the divine. That's uh, a fascinating world out there. There's so many things, so many, so many bicycles to love, aren't there? So if you love riding a bicycle, get out on a bicycle. I hope you enjoy the ride today. Um, I look forward to riding with you again. I appreciate you letting me ride with you. Um, and hey, stay on the ride. This is the only one we get.